Hi there, I'm Lily, and you're listening to Bookigami, the podcast with a bunch of stories. In this episode, you'll meet my dear friend Millie, a spark of joy from Australia. She and I have a lot of things in common. We love wearing out our shoe soles from hours of dancing, sharing a bottle of wine along the canal on a summer night in Amsterdam, and most of all, petting all the dogs that come across our way. This is her story. Millie is the kind of person you would look at and think, wow, <laughs> we're gonna be best friends. <laughs> best friends. I remember that one day Millie and I, we were invited to our friend Julie for lunch with our other friend Holly. Uh, we just got together for lunch and we were talking about different stuff. And then the story of your dog came out. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, hang on. This incredible anecdote could have been the scenario of a Disney movie. <laughs> First, let's start with a fact. Dogs are humans' best friends. For centuries, humans have created a special bond with canine companions. It is because they're both very social that the partnership is mutually beneficial. Dogs are also known to be very loyal. The story of this episode is an amazing example of this special connection a dog and their owner share. A couple of years ago, I laid my eyes on a ball of fur laying in a corner of a bar. It was a Romanian shepherd, rescued from the street, waiting for a family to adopt him. We had this instant connection and somehow, our new prince and I will be best friends from this moment on. Today, I feel like Prince has always been around me and I just can't imagine my life without him. So, hi Millie. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what a Drum privilege. <laughs> Yay. I found it super funny that when you actually came, Prince ran downstairs and there was five dogs. Five dogs, five dogs. everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah. like they could sense what we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah like there's this uh, one dog living upstairs. Yeah. And uh, the pet sitter actually came just as you walk in. Oh, was it five, a pet sitter? Yeah, with oh. five. Like there was all together five other dogs. What? Oh, oh, I thought they just had five dogs upstairs. No. And I was like, <laughs> No, that's what I mean. Like, on the, on, oh, on the only day that yeah. Betsy 2 comes with five dogs, it has to be the day we're going to meet. Recording this, yeah. <laughs> well, so, I mean, perfect. Yeah, it was destiny. It was. Today is the day. <laughs> Dog day. Nice one. So, um, you come from Adelaide in the, in the south of Australia? Correct. Australia? Australia. <laughs> Australia, mate. <laughs> what is it like to, to leave? Um... Growing up in Australia was different to here. Lots of sun, lots of family animals. It was the dream, really. <laughs> with, yep. your, with your brothers and sisters? How yeah, my two brothers, yeah. Jack and Charlie, and my sister Alice. A big family. And then one day for Christmas, uh, your parents decide to bring a little furry friend to... A little pooch. <laughs> yeah. It... <laughs> so it was 1998. I asked my mum that. <laughs> and so I was eight and Alice would have been just 11, I think. And anyway, I remember this Christmas because Alice was in the worst mood ever because... 
she thought she'd only got platform sneakers for Christmas. <laughs> and she was so angry because I think I think we got a PlayStation or something. Oh. So she was devastated. She felt left and out. She, yeah, and she thought she was getting a puppy. But anyway, so she was in a horrible mood. But then mum was like, go to the back door, Alice, there's a box. So Alice runs to the back door and in the box is a little black ball of fluff and then Alice just hysterically starts crying (laughs) for like hours I remember just Alice crying holding this little puppy and it was so cute but yeah so that's how Ellie came into our family okay yeah yeah we love Ellie we already had a dog called Mickey yeah so both toy black little baby poodles but Mickey was still around when Ellie was here yeah 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 so Mickey would have already been like we'd had her for a few years and um, so it was Alice's dog, but... Yeah, but it's still the family, the family dog. But yeah, it was Alice's, Alice's dog. <laughs> and she decided to name her... Uh, Ellie. I don't know where Ellie came from, actually. Probably like a Disney princess. That's how she names all her dogs. Well, yeah. she had another one called Daisy later in life. So it was like okay. Disney kind of. So Disney is quite an inspiration for her. And that's funny because... Well, yeah, I'm not actually sure, but it seems kind of... <laughs> Yeah. Is there a princess called Elle? Ellie? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really I don't actually know either. Princess. We didn't we weren't allowed to watch Disney movies, so Oh yeah? Yeah. How come? That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> How come you're not allowed Tune in to next time for the <laughs> <laughs> Um Mum didn't like them. She thought they were like a an unrealistic portrayal of good and evil. Missed out on a lot in this childhood. <laughs> I still haven't seen most Disney movies, I don't think. Well, that's great because I mean, most it's fine. of them suck. Yeah. I like the new ones. It's They're more being like made in Girl Power as well. Yeah. yeah. They're much... I mean, like I'm Brave. To Brave is also... Yeah, Brave was good. Yeah. So Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's funny that you were not being able to watch Disney movies because for me, your story is pretty much a Disney A Disney, scenario. yeah. Lady in the Tramp. No. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, you don't you don't Dogs. have the reference. <laughs> it's another dog movie. It must it's be the same. <laughs> you feel like pretty connected to Ellie, all of you. Like, yeah. And then one day what happened? So it was four years later. So two thousand and two. Alice got into the Youth Olympics for water polo. And that was in Sydney. So the whole family went to Sydney to watch Alice play. So we took the dogs in a car, drove to Sydney to stay at my auntie and uncle's house in Newtown, which is in the middle of the western suburbs of Sydney. And, yeah, and then everything went downhill, (laughs) pretty much. We, I remember this because we were all out to lunch at this super cool restaurant. It was, like, space-themed. You'd go up in this elevator and it was like a rocket ship. You're like, we're going to space. Wow. <laughs> and you'd go in and you'd like go to the restaurant and you'd order everything on computer screens. Super cool. <laughs> anyway, so that was a great experience. But then we got a phone call from my uncle Stephen saying Ellie had escaped. Because on this day there were really big storms. Apparently the storms were recorded like on the news in London, according to mum, they were very big. So like lots of wind, rain, everything. So my uncles Ellie and Mickey were at home and my uncle Stephen and cousin Joe got home and the dogs came to greet them at the door and as he opened the door I think there was like a clap of thunder and Mickey ran back inside and Ellie ran out the front door because she was terrified 
and ran up the street. So my Uncle Stephen got on his scooter and chased her. Chased her across the road into Sydney Uni. Like she crossed the main road, King Street, and was running around the uni. I think at one stage she stopped and was about to go back to Stephen. But then another big dog came past and she ran again and then Stephen lost her. But yeah, so then we all came home from the restaurant and then immediately went out searching for Ellie, but we couldn't find her. But at some point we had to kind of stop. But then we yeah made posters, mum rung all of the like lost dog kind of things. I think because Alice was there for water polo, so we had like five days in Sydney. So spent them searching for Ellie. Mum was up every like morning, everywhere searching, ringing everyone. But we still had to go to Alice's games, but we didn't tell Alice because she had to play water polo in the Youth Olympics, so we didn't want to tell her her dog had gone missing. It was pretty traumatising. Yeah, so we'd go to Alice's games and see her and have to act like everything was normal, meanwhile searching for the dog. Yeah, and then I think maybe the day before we were due to leave Sydney, Mum got a phone call from this man saying, Hi, I think I saw your dog get hit by a car. He worked on, like, Toyota, like, the car mm-hmm. car shop, on Parramatta Road, which is this extremely busy road in Sydney, close to where um, the house was. He was like, yeah, I remember that day very clearly. It was super stormy, and I saw this little black dog get hit by a car. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I remember Mum telling us, and she was like, Ellie's dead. So... That was devastating. When Alice finished the competition, yeah. when did you tell her actually? I, I actually don't remember at all. And my mum says she doesn't remember either because she was so traumatised. Yeah. I definitely remember we waited until after she'd finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Alice flew back with the team. But mum would have told her before she we left Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then we had to leave Sydney to go home. And I remember the car ride. It's like a two-day drive. We're all sitting in the back, like, cuddling Mickey. It was so sad. We were leaving her behind, but she was dead. Mm. So, and, like, stopping to let Mickey go to the toilet and, like, making sure she wouldn't run away. And then when we got home, it was so sad. Mickey, like, ran into the house and, like, searched the whole house for Ellie and then, like, stayed under the bed for, like, a week. Just was so sad because her best friend was gone. She was missing her. Yeah, it was really sad. Yeah, and then we just had to move on, I guess, because Ellie was dead, because we got this phone call being confirming everything. So yeah. you lived with the idea that, yeah, Ellie's yeah. gone, she yeah. got hit by a car. Yeah, like, it was kind of nice at the time to be like, okay, she's, someone saw her get hit by a car, she's dead, like, she's not, we didn't leave her in Sydney. And then we got a new dog. <laughs> Little Margot, she was cute. Yeah, not named after a Disney princess. No, <laughs> named after a pointy, pointy girl. She had a pointy nose, so I thought it was a posh name. She looked like a snotty little <laughs> pooch. Was it a poodle as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A black one? Yeah, same. Okay. She's is it, so is small. this an obsession of your family to get black poodle? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Well, we had three. Okay. But before that, we had a, a medium-sized dog, Polly. But she she ate fox bait and died. It was a horrible, horrible experience. But maybe after that, we went to smaller, more, like, homey, stay-inside animals because mm. it was a bit traumatic. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> once again, that's another story. 
So, um, you get Margot. How yeah. long after it do you remember? No, I'm not sure. Probably like a year or so. Because okay. Mickey was so depressed. It was so she needed a friend. But I can't, yeah, I can't remember when we got Margot. But we'd mourned Ellie, you know, she was mm. gone. But anyway, so eight years later, uh, when was that? I was 20, I think. I I was traveling around Argentina with my friends and I get a message from mom or Jack, maybe my brother. They found Ellie and I was with my friends. I was like, who's Ellie? Do you know an Ellie? They found Ellie. We were like, no. So I like message back, who's Ellie? And where did she go? <laughs> Why are you telling me? And they're like, our dog, Ellie, from eight years ago. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck? Honestly, like, it's so bizarre. It was so weird. This anyway, must be a very surprising message. Well, I was like, I don't even remember who Ellie is. Like, oh, I was yeah. 12 and now I'm 20. Like, man, yeah. Ellie? Anyway, <laughs> so, like, flooding back all these memories of her going missing. and oh. Anyway, but I, so I ring, I don't even think I ring mum because she was too distraught to talk. So I ring Jack or Alice or something. And so apparently... Mum was driving down our the road from our house, which is like a dead zone for phones. But there's a car crash and she gets turned around. And like as soon as she gets back into service, her phone rings and it's a private number. And we'd always taught her not to answer private numbers because who knows who it could be. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but <laughs> she's got four kids. That's she should probably advice. answer. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so she answered this call and this lady Fallon was her name. I was like, hi, is this Jane? Mum's like, yep. She's like, hi, we have your dog Ellie. Mum was like, excuse me? She's like, yeah, we have your dog Ellie here. Is your dog called Ellie? Mum was like, what are you talking about? This isn't funny. She thought it was like Ashton Kutcher pranking her or something. <laughs> she was like, this isn't funny. Like, you can't make this into a joke. Our dog died eight years ago. We haven't gotten over it. This lady was like, I have your dog here in the Sutherland Shire in Sydney, which is not even where she went missing. And mum was like, I, I can't talk to you. This isn't funny. What's your number? Like, I'll write it down and, yeah, I can't talk to you. So mum writes the number down like three times, gets it wrong every time, drives home and Jack's there. And she was like crying, like, Jack, I just got this phone call. Someone says they have Ellie. It's not funny can you ring them and apparently all the numbers mum wrote down were wrong but Jack figures out how to get the number to this animal rescue place or something and rings and this lady's like yeah we we just got a dog in here we microchipped her and it's got your name and address in it is it your dog and Jack was like I think so (laughs) so Jack was like where are you and she gave the address so Jack rings my auntie Libby in Sydney and Libby picks up the phone and Jack's like, Libby, you need to go to the Sutherland Shire like, Animal Rescue or something. They have Ellie. And Libby was like, excuse me? <laughs> so Jack's like, you need to go now. <laughs> so Libby rings these people and they're like, okay, we're closing in 15 minutes. And she's like, well, I'm half an hour away and you're staying open. So Libby goes and they're closed and she's like knocking on the door, let me in. Someone's like, no. And she's like, I'm here to pick up Ellie. (laughs) Storms through the door. Yeah, and there's little Ellie like bundled in the corner. 
a man found her in, I think, a recycling centre in Parramatta in a garbage bin. Thought it was like a dead dog because it was a little toy poodle covered in dreadlocks. But then, like, he picked her up and she attacked him <laughs> with her two teeth. <laughs> oh. And so he takes her, or he rings the, like, animal catcher to come get her and... Apparently Ellie's just, like, attacking these two men because she's obviously terrified and mm. there's two men, like, grabbing her. And so they call a vet to come and put Ellie to sleep. And this girl who's working at the office at the time says to this lady, I want to stay with her while she gets put to sleep. I don't think this dog should die alone. And this lady, Fallon, who was working there, said, okay, well, if you can touch this dog then maybe we'll take a look at her because they thought she was really mean because she'd been attacking these guys. And this lady, I think, like, pats her and Ellie maybe gives her a little lick and is like... So oh. they'll, like, take her downstairs, they shave her, which probably took a really long time because she was covered in dreadlocks. Yeah, and then they checked for a microchip and luckily she had a microchip and Mum luckily had the same phone number. And, yeah, they didn't put her to sleep. They rung mum, luckily got through. And so my auntie turns up, takes Ellie home. She's, like, scared of sunlight because she has had dreadlocks over her eyes for we don't know how long. I think it was the 11th of December. And so then a few weeks later, Libby was driving to Adelaide for Christmas and took Ellie back home for Christmas. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So and she came back, came back home for Christmas, Christmas yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. And I, wow. I, was, I wasn't there when she came home because I was overseas, but I think she recognised my dad at first and was... So, yeah, I mean, she was definitely traumatised and different and she used to open garbage bags with her, like, little paw and, like, rip into her and eat out of the garbage and attack anyone if they, like, scared her. But she would just, it was... Yeah, she knew she was at home and it was so sweet. And then we had her for another four happy years. Wow. Yeah, so she had eight years on the street as a street dog and then yeah. eight years at home. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And Mickey was still at home. She remembered Mickey and Mickey had her best friend back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ellie didn't That's really amazing. like Margot, though, because oh. Margot had replaced her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but they were all right. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Mum never let her out of her sight and she carried her everywhere. Well, we don't know what happened in those eight years. We think maybe there's where my auntie used to live, there's kind of like a housing project and we think maybe someone there took her in. Like we don't think she was on the street for eight years because I don't know how a toy poodle would live on the street for eight years. Apparently my sister thinks she saw Ellie like through a window of this housing project with a lady and was like, Mum, that's Ellie. And Mum was like, no, Ellie's dead. Move on. Mm. But, yeah. The so, housing project was in Sydney. Yeah, oh. in Newtown, like right next to the house where Ellie escaped from in the storm. Yeah, but I don't know. It'll be, imagine knowing what happened for eight years on the street. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, it's half of your life. Yeah, especially <laughs> for like a little inside toy poodle. Mm -hmm. Insane. Very brave. Mm -hmm. So sweet. But it's so amazing that she came back for Christmas. Like I know. <laughs> It's like full a circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, <a> Christmas poodle. <laughs> she is. Yeah. She is. It's a happy ending. It is a happy ending. But oh, no, she lived a very amazing life, and it's nice to actually get to like share it 
Thanks a lot, Ruby, for coming. Thanks today. for having me. It was fun. It's been an experience. <laughs> <laughs> Love the story. Thanks for listening to the second episode of Bukegani. Millie's story is a happy ending, but it's not always the case that missing pets eventually reunite with their owners. That's why I would like to remind you the importance of microchipping your pets. The chip holds a unique identification number to help you reunite with your lost pet. It's a good first step to get them a cute nameplate with a number on it and attach it to their collar. But if they lost that, it makes it really hard for shelters or vets to identify them. A special shout out to people who are still searching for their pets. Keep hope, even when you feel like there's none left. Because who knows, maybe one day, your furry best friend will come back to you, just like Ellie did. If you liked this episode, please let me know by leaving a comment from your favorite streaming platform or five stars on Apple Podcasts. Share it around you and follow bookegani.podcast on Instagram to know everything about the upcoming episodes and guests. Thank you once again to Millie, who is now back to the land and under. I miss you, Hips. Love to you all and bye!